You're listening to the Be Her Podcast with insightful advice, a weekly dose of self-help and all things mindset. The Be Her Podcast is here to spark motivation and life transformation through simple and inspiring conversations. I'm your host, Rachel Laura, lifestyle YouTuber, transformation coach, online entrepreneur, and all-around self-development guru. It is my passion and my purpose to help each of you start living the stories that you've been writing to start being her, the badass woman that's inside each and every one of us. Hey guys, welcome back to the Be Her podcast. Hopefully you guys had a chance to listen to episode one, but if you haven't, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here. I was talking about in the first podcast episode how much I have been wanting to be here for such a long time. I've wanted to have my own podcast for a while now. And it's just, it's such a dream come true. And I was talking about how I think 2020 is just going to be my year. It's going to be a year where a lot of new things are happening for me. One of those new things that I plan on creating in 2020 is my coaching business. And today's episode is all about what I refer to as the confidence equation, as you guys could tell by the title of today's episode. The reason I bring this up is that one of these things that I want to go after in 2020 is becoming a certified transformation coach. And the reason I want to talk about confidence is because I had to actually build up my confidence so much just to be able to label myself as a transformation coach. If you've been following me on my Instagram, which is at Rachel Laura Content, by the way, in case you don't know, if you've been following me though on my Instagram, you may or you may not have noticed the plethora, I love using that word, but the plethora of times that I've changed my bio within the last few months here at the end of 2019. It's kind of ridiculous how many times I've changed it, most of you probably don't pay pay that close of attention even if you do follow me, but if you do, I'm about to kind of enlighten you on why that's been going on. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily the qualification aspect that I was worried about. First of all, the coaching industry, it's not really regulated, so anyone who wants to could label themselves as a coach or a transformation coach. Obviously, it's not recommended to do that because you should have some sort of training or be certified somehow if you want to be a respectable coach, but you can technically call yourself a coach even if you're not certified. So that wasn't holding me back. Secondly, I actually, this is so exciting, but I actually just finished the first portion of my coaching certification program. And um, again, if you guys don't really know, What I'm doing, I am currently in the process of building my own coaching business and the first step for me is getting certified because I don't want to just call myself a coach like I was just talking about. I definitely want to have that training so I can best serve the people that I plan on coaching, you know, so I, anyway, I just finished the first part of my coaching certification program and my plan is to be fully certified as a professional coach, not necessarily transformation coach, that's another program, but my plan is to be certified as a coach in the springtime sometime here, like in the next couple months of 2020, first few months. That It's so exciting, and 
again, so that was not why it was hard for me to label myself as a transformation coach. And then all of that, not to mention also, I've had so many women who've reached out to me over the years, you know, that I've been quote-unquote influencing on my socials, like on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram. All of this is linked in the show notes, by the way, in case you guys aren't following me and you're interested. But anyway, I've had a lot of women over the years who have reached out to me and they've told me just how much I've changed or impacted their lives just by showing up or being myself and sharing my stories and giving advice. And honestly, if any of you listening right now are one of those women who has reached out to me and told me how much I've helped you, Thank you so much for reaching out. That's seriously why I do what I do, and it just makes me so happy to know that I'm helping you guys. Um, If this podcast, if you guys listen to this podcast and it really speaks to you, make sure and send me a message on the podcast um, Instagram account. It's at BeHerPodcast, just on Instagram. It's really easy to find. Definitely message me and let me know how the show impacted you. I might even feature you guys in episodes during mid-roll breaks. It's really exciting. But I I just want to say thank you guys so much for reaching out and telling me how much it means to you, you know, the things that I put out there, because that's really why I do it. So, um, none of that was what held me back. It wasn't the fact that, you know, you need to be certified to be a coach, because you don't, this industry is not regulated, and it wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't getting certified, because I am in the process of getting certified, and it wasn't that I hadn't impacted people's lives, and on top of all of that, it also wasn't because of my own inexperience, because my journey, my transformation has been sort of amazing looking back, and I'm not saying that to be cocky or to um, really just pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm saying that genuinely looking back at how far I've come, and it's crazy to think where I was like five years ago, three years ago, even just one year ago, I was almost a completely different person, and it's because of all this transformation that I've went through. And in today's episode, to start off, I want to give you a quick idea of what I'm talking about um, with this transformation to kind of show you where I've come and specifically targeting the idea of how much um, I have transformed my confidence and built up what I like to call a durable confidence. That's what I want to talk about today. But anyway, none of these things were a reason that was holding me back from labeling myself as a transformation coach. The main thing that was holding me back was this whole confidence issue, right? It's it's that I've worked so hard to build up this durable confidence, but I don't think that you ever really stop trying to build confidence because you're constantly evolving and changing and you know, stepping into new positions that are maybe outside your comfort zone, that's how you grow. And naturally, when things are outside of your comfort zone, you feel a little bit insecure about it. So that's why I wanted to start today's episode by talking about that, just to show you guys that even though I've come so far in my journey with confidence, I still struggle from time to time. Um, And just the most recent example was me labeling myself as a transformation coach. It might not seem like a big thing to you guys, but to me, it was really hard to label myself that way. Not that you should label yourself, but it was hard for me to put myself out there as a transformation coach because of almost like imposter syndrome or thinking like, am I worthy enough of this title? And clearly by all the things I just talked about, like as I walked myself through it and kind of coached myself through it, I realized like, no, Rachel, you are 100% capable of calling yourself a transformation coach. You're 100% qualified. Like you are good enough. And I was like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) 
Today's episode, we're going to be talking about confidence. In specific, we're going to be talking about the confidence equation. This is my simple, I guess it's not simple, it's kind of complicated, but I'm going to try to simplify it down for you guys in today's episode, what I consider the confidence equation. And really quickly, before I jump into my story to show you guys my transformation story um, with confidence, I want to explain something really quick. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about durable confidence, and I want to point out the difference between durable confidence and artificial confidence, okay? And these are things that I came up with on my own just to make it easier to understand. I don't think there's an actual, like, Google search definition of these things, (laughs) but to me, durable confidence is what we're talking about building in today's episode. Artificial confidence is what people generally assume confidence to be, which is like feeling good about yourself and feeling like you're the most amazing person ever or feeling, you know, not not um, conceited. I'm not talking about that. But artificial confidence is what most people are talking about when they're talking about building confidence. And today I really want to get down to the root the roots of confidence, you know, which I consider to be durable confidence. This is the type of confidence that's going to last. So it's obviously something you have to build and maintain. It's not something you can just receive through like compliments that, have you guys ever gotten a compliment and then it boosts your confidence for like a minute or two? That's like a sign that it's artificial confidence or what I would consider artificial confidence. Durable confidence is the type of confidence that I want to help you guys build and it's the type of confidence I've had to build and the way you can distinguish it is compliments aren't going to make you feel better about yourself when you have durable confidence because you already feel so good about yourself as is because you've done the inner work that needed to be done to the point where you're so self-assured, you're so happy with where you're at, you're content that, you know, this idea of feeling better about yourself isn't really going to be a thing. I mean, to a point, sure. I hope you guys are kind of getting what I'm saying here. I don't want to keep rambling on, but in today's episode, we're talking about building durable confidence, not that artificial confidence that, you know, doesn't last. You know, I don't, I don't want to give advice that's going to make you feel good for maybe a day or two, and then you're not going to, you know, do the work and you're not going to really build that confidence that you should be trying to build to make yourself happier and live a better life. So yeah, in today's episode, we're talking about durable confidence. Really quick though, I do want to give you guys an idea of what I'm talking about when I said that my transformation has been sort of inspiring and really cool. I want to talk to you guys more in depth, get a little bit more vulnerable with you guys and tell you guys my journey with confidence um, a little bit more in depth than I think I've ever done before, which is kind of exciting and kind of scary, but let's let's just jump into that portion real quick. I'm going to just kind of try to paint a picture for you guys here. So it's 2015, and I am currently a freshman in high school at this point. I'm obsessed with the Disney movie Descendants, and if you guys don't know what that is, it was a show on Disney Channel, (laughs) and um, so I'm obsessed with the movie Descendants, and I have even went as far as buying this super, super ugly purple wig, you guys, a purple wig from like the dollar store or something, and I cut it. To make it like a bob type haircut because that's what Mal, the main character in the movie Descendants, that's what her hair was like. So I bought a purple wig and I cut it and I would wear it and act out her scenes in my bedroom. Which by the way, my bedroom was painted with green and pink walls and it just 
was really not good. <laughs> like, no offense to anyone if they have green or pink walls, but it was like green wall, pink wall, green wall, pink wall, and four walls, and it, it just did not look good. But so that's like where I was at at this point. And anyway, um, I have major security issues. My entire self-image at this point. I hate my body so much that I've almost went to the bathroom and made myself throw up at least 12 times in the past few months. And that's not to mention the number of times that I've thought about how much I hate my body or, you know, the number of binge episodes that would follow these toxic thoughts and these toxic patterns. This was the type of stuff I was dealing with. And I would, I also hated my face at this point because of the acne that had accumulated on my forehead. And I believe it was hormonal acne, honestly, but it could have been from stress as well. I was so stressed over the way I looked all the time. That could have been how my acne manifested. I really don't know, but it was accumulating on my forehead and I felt ugly. So um, to cover it all up, all of my insecurities, my body issues, my face, um, how I was feeling, everything. To cover it up, I would dress in cute clothes. I'd wear a crap ton of makeup, which, by the way, looked really terrible. It's embarrassing looking back at photos. It didn't even match my skin tone. Um, but besides the point, like, I would wear a lot of makeup. I'd dress in cute clothes. And I would try to smile. And I would try to laugh as often as possible, all in an attempt to, like, cover up. Um, the fact that I was sort of miserable and not feeling great about myself. And then um, my weight loss transformation, which if you guys don't know me that well, um, I lost 45 pounds when I was only like 14, 13, 14 or 15, I don't remember, it's somewhere in there. When I was in middle school, I lost 45 pounds. And my weight loss transformation was so like great or um, noticeable um, that people would give me compliments all the time. And I would revel in those compliments. I'd be like, yes, I love this. And it'd make me feel so amazing for a good few minutes until then I'd see myself in the mirror. Or then I'd see my friends, whom at the time I perceived to be so much more attractive than me. And then it's like that good feeling I'd get from those compliments would just diminish, right? Like like we were talking about with the artificial confidence, it just it did not last. It just, it was like a high for a few minutes when people give me compliments and then, and then I just felt bad about myself again when I would see myself in a mirror or see my friends or see girls that I thought were more attractive. So clearly social media and everything was also really bad for me at this point. And obviously you guys can get the idea. I had major confidence issues with my body and with my face and my self-image in general, all the way to the point where I would have I call them bulimic thoughts because I never went bulimic, and I want to put that out there. I, I was never um, a bulimic. I never made myself throw up, but I had the thoughts all the time, and I would get mad at myself for not having the guts to do it because I, I didn't want to make myself throw up. I didn't like it, but I had the thoughts, and I, I would wish. I would sit there and wish that I had the strength to make myself throw up, but I never did, so I, I refer to those as bulimic thoughts. Um, if you guys have seen my Instagram highlights, I have in my, um, I have one highlight called My Story, and I, I say coped with bulimic thoughts or something like that, and so that's what I'm referring to when I say that, and I just want to put that out there because I never was actually bulimic, but I, I had those thoughts, and I think that's a big part of what bulimia is. It's a mental game, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely had confidence issues with my body, and that's not 
even the worst part at this point in my life, remember this is ninth grade me, the worst part is that at this point I'm so insecure in my own voice and in my own opinions that I don't really talk much at all. So I am one of those shy girls. You know, we all know them in high school. There's those girls where, or boys too, I guess, but those shy kids, right? Like that was me because I was too insecure in my own voice and my own opinions. And in fact, I, at this point, have absolutely no concept of who I truly am because at this point in my life, I was too busy trying to be the girl that the boy that I liked at the time would find attractive. I I had no sense of who I was. I was trying to be something for everyone else, right? And okay, flash forward to my senior year of high school where I... I definitely have a much better confidence level and I really want to point that out because I made major growth between my ninth grade year and my 12th grade year and I don't want to neglect that but um, as you guys will come to find out the more I go on with my story it it wasn't enough confidence but it was definitely a major improvement okay and I want to I want to point that out but by my 12th grade year I was speaking in front of my entire school which was a major step up and it, it was definitely something that my ninth grade self would never have been able to do, not even for a million bucks, because my ninth grade self would have thought that, you know, it wasn't cool enough to do that, or I wasn't smart enough, or no one would care what I wanted to say, you know, I had no um, concept of my self-worth, I had no idea of what it was that I wanted to say, I was so insecure in my own voice that my ninth grade self would have never been able to speak in front of the whole school, but my 12th grade self was confident enough to do that. And my 12th grade self also was able to speak up in class. And um, at this point, my 12th, during my senior year, um, I had straight A's. And I was taking all kinds of college classes. I took an AP class in European history. I loved that class and I hated it. I just, like, looking back, I'm confused. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> it was interesting, but I, it was also a lot of work. I don't know. But anyway, um, I would also write for my school's newspaper, And I would help set up school-wide activities through the student ambassadors, which I really loved being a part of in high school. And, you know, on the outside, looking in, everything looked great in my life. Overall, like I said, I'm doing a lot better than my ninth grade self was. However, I was with a group of girls who I didn't really feel comfortable around. So every day when I'd go to school, I'd almost have to, like, put on this mask. And I'd have to pretend to be someone who I thought that they wanted me to be. And it's not necessarily because they were bad, because they were actually some of the nicest girls ever. It's just, I didn't feel comfortable around them, and I didn't feel comfortable being myself around them, right? And so that was toxic for me. And and again, I want to point out, it was nothing really that they did. Um, Certain things obviously happened in high school, like there's drama, but um, they, they didn't really do anything mean to me. I wasn't really bullied by them. It was just all in my own head, but I, I that doesn't change the fact that I felt like I had to wear a mask every single day. And so I spent hours studying, you know, lessons and crap that I didn't really care about that much. And I was doing it all while, you know, trying to earn college credit so that my parents would be proud. And I wrote articles and I got involved and basically I did everything for everyone else. I did everything for everyone except for myself. Now, sorry to jump around a little bit, but I want to point out that my 11th grade year, I had decided that college was not going to be for me. 
and, and the reason I want to point this out is because then senior year came, which is what we're talking about right now. And my senior year, the pressure really set in and it became so hard for me to stick to what I originally decided in 11th grade when I said, you know, I don't really want to go to college. And 12th grade came and you know, when you're a senior in high school and everyone asks, you know, so what are your plans for college or what are your plans after you graduate? And so those questions were starting to come in towards the end of my senior year, even like in the beginning. And I felt obliged to have an answer other than college isn't right for me. Because if I say that, this is how my mind would think. If I would say that, what is true, that I didn't think college was right for me, everyone expected me to have a plan. And I didn't have a full plan yet. You know, most of us don't, to be honest, but I felt like I needed a plan or I needed to say I was going to college. So in a lot of ways, I chose college in order to procrastinate my, you know, life choices, if that makes sense. <laughs> my senior year, I decided that college was for me. I mean, in my mind, I thought I reasoned, well, I'm taking some class, some college classes right now, right? And I mean, I'm the smart girl, so maybe I should. And my parents would be proud and my teachers would be proud. And, you know, I could film college videos. And honestly, you guys, I got so like super excited about that. And I know that sounds kind of lame, <laughs> like looking back, but realistically, I was so excited to film college videos and I got really excited about the idea of college, even though it wasn't really what I wanted. But then I had to decide what major I wanted to pursue and what school I was going to attend. All of these life decisions were coming at the same time that, you know, I was doing so much else, you know? I mean, just to give you an idea, all of this was on top of my regular workload at school. And remember, I was taking all college classes in my AP class. I had a part-time job as a sales associate at Kohl's that I was working late at, I mean, not super late, but for me late at night. And I wasn't getting enough sleep, to be honest. I was caffeine obsessed. I drank so much coffee and without sleep, it just was not a good idea. <laughs> and I was trying to keep up with my YouTube channel, which was what I was really passionate about at the time. And overall, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I had scholarships I was applying to. And honestly, I hated it. But looking back, I don't think I was aware of how unbelievably miserable I was because I was so consumed in this same story that I had told myself for years, okay? And this is what I told myself even back in ninth grade and even back in middle school when I had like a mild depression. It's just, it's what I always told myself every time things got rough. I would always say, this is what I need to be doing. And the thing with that statement that, you know, looking back, seeing that I would say it so much, it made me so miserable because it didn't allow me to grow. It kept me exactly where I was. So I wasn't able to, you know, transform and um, become who I was meant to be because I kept saying, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I need to be doing. I, I can't be doing this other stuff. It might suck, but this is what I need to be doing. Flash forward yet again to August of 2019, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it, it was like half a year ago. So that's, that's strange. But it's August 2019, and I just moved to the cities, and I'm renting out the basement of a home that I don't really want to be staying at because, quote-unquote, I'd be stupid not to accept the cheaper rent, as my dad said, and as my family in general agreed upon. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. They weren't saying it to be rude, but they just said, 
it'd be stupid not to do that. And so I listened because I wasn't confident in my own opinion on the issue. Even though so much growth had happened, it wasn't enough for me to, you know, put my foot down and make my own life choices. I was still people-pleasing. I was still doing things for everyone else. And this is also not to mention that my anxiety was intertwined in all of this. I'm just not focusing on that in this version of the story because I'm really trying to make it focus on the confidence issue, which is what we're talking about today. And understandably so, with all of this stuff that I threw into my life for no reason, all the decisions I made that weren't for myself, but they were for other people, because of all this, a very mild depression sort of crept into my life. And um, it was August was honestly one of the worst months of my life. I think I talked about it a little bit in the first episode of this podcast. It, it was just a lot of transition, and even though I was technically an adult, That drama that I had in my mind and throughout, you know, my high school experience, it was carried with me into my decision to go to college. And it was carried into my decision to also seclude myself in the basement. And this is why August was so hard for me. It was because, you know, I wasn't getting out. I was staying in the basement and that's when the mild depression crept in and it left me feeling homesick, lonely, and lost. And, you know, I'm sorry if this gets kind of, like, not uplifting because that's not, I don't want this podcast to be, like, you know, sad, but this is what happened to me. And I want to share with you guys one thing I remember in particular, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. It was probably one of the worst couple days of my life. There was one day in particular where I just cried off and on for pretty much the entire day and the next day wasn't really better or the next or the next and it sucked and the thing that was the worst is that I didn't know why it sucked and that was the hardest part. It wasn't so much that it sucked. I've had bad days before but the hardest part and why I consider it one of the hardest days of my life at least in 2019 is that I didn't know why it sucked so much. I didn't know why I was crying. I really, really didn't. And eventually, and I want to point out, it wasn't like a sudden epiphany or anything, because that's not exactly how growth and transformation work. I'm kind of fast forwarding here. But eventually, from that point, it was like my rock bottom, right? And eventually, I got to a point where I realized my worth. And I gained actual durable confidence. I built it up. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. And then I moved back home. And I did some self-reflection and inner work to find myself again. And, um, you know, the second half of 2019 was a lot of, like, tearing things down and rebuilding. And um, anyway, I finally came to this, honestly, life-transforming understanding that confidence was not about confidence. I'm going to repeat that because I know it sounds really weird, but it's true. Confidence is not about confidence. I realized this. I realized that it wasn't a trait and it wasn't something that a person can be born with. It's not like that. It's a relationship, you know, and it's built and it's maintained. It's a relationship with yourself. That's what confidence is. It's not about confidence. It's about your relationship to the ups and downs of life, right? And and developing durable confidence is changing the relationship that you have to all these things that go wrong in your life, 
changing the relationship to the slip-ups, the mess-ups, the road bumps, and the, the hiccups, and everything that you come across. And I also want to point out, it's not always like when things go wrong that, you know, you're changing your relationship to. You're, when you are building durable confidence, you're also changing your relationship to anything from the way that your friends see you, which was like me in high school, right? Like building that confidence. I had to change my relationship to how I thought they saw me. And then it's also about changing your relationship to the way that, you know, like your family views you or society views you or how anyone like views your life decisions. It's all about changing relationships. And that's what confidence really is. It's not about making you feel good in the moment. It's not about um, like, oh, I feel confident in this outfit. I mean, that's definitely a piece of confidence, but it's not the whole picture. That's the artificial confidence I talked about. Durable confidence is a relationship change, a perspective change, okay? We'll talk about that a little bit more later in today's episode. I do have a quote that I want to share with you guys. Um, It's from Ashley Gordon. She is the host of this podcast called The Badass Manifester. I love that podcast, and I love Ashley Gordon. She's so knowledgeable, and you guys should check it out if you want to. Um, But she said in one of her episodes... It's up to you to believe in you. And I think that's so important. And I'd like to um, talk about that a little bit because here's the thing. If you don't believe in yourself, then who the heck is going to believe in you, right? Like, I I just want to say, and I'm sorry if this comes off as very, like, tough love, but I wish that someone would have said it to me. If you don't believe that your life and your dreams and your passions or whatever, if you don't believe that they're worth it, And I hate to break it to you, but, you know, if you don't believe in you, no one is going to believe in you. And, you know, maybe they will believe in you. I want to point this out because this is the distinction. Obviously, people can believe in you, but what I'm trying to say is that they can't believe in you for you. You have to do that. No one can believe in you enough for you to, like, not have to believe in yourself. Does that make sense? Like, they can't carry you that distance. You have to do that for yourself. You have to believe in you. You have to love you. And that's what durable confidence is about. And that's why so many, that's why so many of us seek compliments, because we're looking for people to carry us. You know, we're not willing to do that journey ourselves. That's when you get that artificial confidence in there. It makes you feel good for, like, a day or two. Then it just, like, drops off or plateaus or whatever. That's when... You are looking for other people to believe in you, other people to love you. You have to do that yourself. And when you do that, that's when you build that durable confidence, okay? That's sort of like the main distinction. So many of us, including myself for the longest time, we go through life hoping that others will notice us, approve of us, compliment us, like I was just saying, or, you know, virtually we hope that others will give us some form of acceptance. At least that's what I've noticed in my own experience. And the thing to point out here is that we're hoping they'll give us this, you know, some form of acceptance, whether that's compliments or, you know, approval or noticing us. We hope they give us that acceptance because we're not giving it to ourselves. Did you hear that? Let me say it again because it's so powerful and so important. We aren't giving ourselves that acceptance that we seek. And that's when you get confidence issues. And I just, I feel like I need to go off on a rant here. And I'm going to try not to make it like a rant. But I just, in case anyone really needs to hear it, we have every single right, all of us, 
you know, as women, as men, anyone, but especially as women, I just really want to point this out because I feel like women struggle with confidence more than men because we're living in a society, sorry, I'm not trying to go all feminist here, but we, we do live in a society where it's easier for men to come out on top than it is for women. And so I feel like we tend to have more confidence issues, more is expected of us in a lot of ways. Again, I'm not going into all that, but in general, as human beings, especially as women, we have every single right to love the imperfect human beings that each and every one of us are. And I mean fully love us, okay? I just, it's, it's so important and I really wish that someone would have told me this, right? So um, just to give a few examples, let's just say that you think that you're a little bit heavier than you'd like to be. Trust me, I've been there. Like I lost 45 pounds and I did it unhealthily. So I understand the feeling of like feeling like you're fat or feeling like you're too heavy. And I just, this is what I'd say to myself and I just want to say it, own it. Like own who you are right now. And I'm not saying like you have to, um, I don't want to, okay. I'm not saying you have to accept where you're at right now but you need to accept yourself right now. Does that make sense? You need to accept who you are right now, but you don't need to accept where you're at with your weight right now. And I think this is a big issue with the body um, positivity movement. I'm totally like, be body positive. Um, but I feel like sometimes it almost um, goes against those women who are trying to work on themselves and trying to work on losing weight, like, it makes you, it seem like you shouldn't have to do that, or you shouldn't want to do that, is the thing that I think is damaging, and I think it's okay if you want to work on yourself, if you want to, you know, you know, have body goals that you have in mind that you're working towards, I think that's amazing, and definitely, if you feel like you want to work on yourself, do it, but own where you're at right now. I just want to bring that into it, because, um, we as women and we as people in general, we need to stop complaining about who we are and we need to start becoming who we're meant to be and who we want to be. That's the journey, right? Like that's how you grow in your confidence. It's, you know, it's not about complaining about where you're at right now and trying to fix yourself. That's a mistake I made. You will not come out the other side feeling better about yourself once you quote unquote fix whatever you think is wrong with you if you don't do the internal work and the, you know, self-acceptance work right now, which is on the inside. And this doesn't just go with weight loss. And I want to point that out too. This can, uh, some of you might be thinking like, this doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> it really does. So some examples are if you think that you need a man, or you think that you need friends, like certain friends, or you need a friend, or you feel like you need your parents' approval or anyone's approval to go after your dreams, those are all examples and you need to just stop. And I wish that someone would have told me that, you know, you don't need anyone's permission to be authentically yourself. In fact, I personally believe that we owe it to ourselves to shine the brightest that we possibly can in the little bit of time that we have left to live, right? So like I said, with the whole weight loss thing, own it, you guys. Own where you're at right now. You don't need a man you can definitely want a relationship, but you don't need him to feel full. Own where you're at right now. Same with you don't need certain friendships or you don't need people's approval. You don't need any of that to feel happy right now. Own where you're at. We waste so much time getting lost in our own drama that it's honestly a miracle to me that we don't make bank on that and just start our own reality TV shows. 
it, it's ridiculous. And this, the stories that we tell ourselves is what's ridiculous. And I get it, okay? I want to point that out. I get that traumatic and past experiences, they can shake us. But what I'm, what I'm here to say, and this might be um, a little bit, it might sting a little bit at first, but hear me out. Your story is not unique. And I know that's not what you're expecting to hear from me because I'm a coach and I'm supposed to be here to empower you and like make you feel great, right? And I like to be as much of an inspiration as the next online coach, but we all have an origin story. It's not unique for you to go through shit, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. So let's just say like your parents don't accept you or someone doesn't accept you and maybe that's what led to your own trust issues or your incessant need to be perfect, people-pleasing tendencies, or even severe confidence issues, you guys. You know, any time that, you know, a parent doesn't accept their child, it can lead to traumatic, you know, um, not traumatic, but it can lead to issues. What I want to point out is that whatever you think your issues are right now, I can name countless numbers of, of women who have braved the odds and beat the same struggles that you're letting hold you back. Did you hear that? You are letting those struggles hold you back, and I can name so many women who have went past that, and I can honestly say from my own experience that I have went past a lot of my own, like, limiting beliefs, you could say. I've gotten past a lot of my people-pleasing tendencies and my confidence issues, so I'm here to say that you can do that, and do you guys want to know what the difference is between staying stuck and between, you know, breaking through those bounds that we've bound ourselves into the difference is that the people who brave the odds and beat their struggles they don't let their drama stop them from being integral intentional authentic and self-supported they don't let their issues hold them back from being confident and I, I know what you're all thinking right now <laughs> honestly you're probably all like okay I freaking get it girl confidence is important But how the heck do I build myself some durable confidence? Because what you're talking about, I need some of that right now. I need that in my life. But you keep rambling on and you need to tell me how I'm going to get that. Well, I'm about to hook you up. But first, sorry to do this, you guys. But first, enjoy this quick mid-roll break. And then we'll get back to talking about how to start building this confidence using what I call the confidence equation. If you guys aren't currently following the Be Her podcast community on Instagram, you really need to do that. I'm not saying that to like throw out some shameless self-promo, but I really mean it. I want this podcast to be a community. I want us to be able to support each other. So if you haven't followed me yet, you definitely should. Just go over to Instagram and, you know, um, go to at Be Her podcast. And, you know, shoot me a DM. Tell me what you think of the episodes. Um, check out the content that's going on right now. Look through my stories. Honestly, I want to, you know, build this podcast and build a community where we can support each other. That's really what I want to do here. And also, um, I just want to say if you guys DM me through my Instagram at BeHerPodcast and you leave me a review just in the DMs, like shoot me a DM, tell me what you thought any of that. If you guys do that, I really want to feature you guys during my mid-roll breaks for my episodes. And I actually just got my first review um, from a good friend of mine, actually. Um, Her name is Brooke. And I wanted to give her a quick shout out. She's the first shout out. But if you guys want to do this, definitely 
pop over, um, be her podcast on Instagram, send me a DM and, um, we'll get you featured in one of the upcoming episodes. Okay. But really quick, I want to feature Brooke. She said, Hey, so I just wanted to say that I am very impressed with your podcast. You seem so authentic and like you're really trying to help others. Can't wait to see what comes next in 2020. So I know Brooke's listening to this episode right now. She's a very awesome supporter. She's a great friend and, um, I love her a lot, and I love that she sent me a review. Um, just for me, it really it means a lot to me having people reach out and tell me what they think. It, it also helps me to craft content that you guys will like, but also it's great for you guys as well because, again, if you head over to at Be Her Podcast on Instagram, the community, you'll notice that one of my highlights is um, reviews, so then you can see other members of the community, you can see what other girls have had to say, and again, you could be featured as well, not only on my Instagram, but also within a podcast episode, so I just want to encourage you guys to head over to the community, check it out, definitely follow, and um, yeah, that's the end of my little shameless self-promo, but it's honestly for you guys, so you should definitely check it out. All right, let's get back to the episode now. All right, so the first thing that I want you guys to understand about building durable confidence and what I've learned is that it's not so much about being confident as it is about being integral, okay? And according to Google search, which is like the best thing ever, (laughs) integrity is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. But it's also, and this is the most important part, to me and what we're going to be talking about today, integrity is also the state of being whole and undivided. And the latter of the two, again, the second one, being whole and undivided, is the definition that I want to focus on. So once again, because this is super, super important, I know I keep repeating it, but it's because it's so important. Integrity is the state of being whole and undivided. So what does that have to do with building durable confidence, you might ask, I'd go as far to say that, you know, being integral and building your integrity, you know, being whole and undivided is the very art of being confident. And to prove this and to explain it, let me ask you these few questions. Have you guys ever met someone who just sort of has this natural confidence about them like you guys know what I mean whether it's celebrities or people you know in your life whatever like you guys I'm sure can come up with someone that you've met or seen who has this natural confidence about them they just carry themselves in a certain way I want to ask you guys what characteristics would you notice about this person this particular person that you're thinking of what characteristics could you say that they you know have or that they convey to me they definitely seem whole, which is like 100% themselves, right? Like you can just tell they're very whole and they have it together. They're themselves. And then I'd say that they also are very undivided, which to me means not straying from who they know that they are. So again, 100% themselves, just totally confident in who they are. And in, in my opinion, one could almost define being integral as being authentic. They're very, very similar. And the simplest definition of authenticity to me is the art of being genuine. Google defined authentic as an undisputed origin. 
And the way that I'd interpret that particular definition in relation to confidence is that being authentic means not straying from your highest self. And so in case you guys aren't familiar, in the self-help and spirituality community, your highest self is who you truly are on the inside. It's detached from the ego and basically in general, it's the part of us that knows, sees, and understands the highest possible level for each of us. And I'm not going to go in depth into this particular subject, but I highly encourage you guys all to do your own research since the idea of the higher self is very, very interesting, honestly. And as far as this episode goes, just think of your higher self as your most genuine, non-conformed self. And that's the you that you really are, okay? And when I say non-conformed, think almost, sorry if this is a little graphic, but like when you came out of your mom as a baby, right, you hadn't been hit by all of these expectations of society and by, you know, limiting beliefs from other people. You were non-conformed. You were just authentically who you were, which was at this point a baby, like, crying, right? And so that's what I mean by non-conformed. It's like it has nothing to do with your ego. It has nothing to do with limiting beliefs. It's who you truly are at your deepest level, okay? And that's who your highest self is. So just think of it as, you know, your most genuine self. And what I'm trying to say here is that in order to build this durable confidence that we all want, you must be integral, meaning that you remain wholeheartedly yourself, which is that whole aspect. If you remember the definition that I kept repeating, integrity is being whole and undivided. So you must be integral. So you must be wholeheartedly yourself and undivided or, you know, distracted by outside forces, such as limiting beliefs and expectations and all that kind of stuff. So you have to be integral to have durable confidence. But you also must be authentic to your higher self, which is who you really are on the inside. It's your genuine self. So many times when we hear advice about building confidence, we rarely ever, I've noticed at least, are we're never encouraged to find out who we really are first. And I feel like that has a lot to do with confidence. You can't go about building durable confidence if you don't know who you are, right? And oftentimes we hear about like setting healthy boundaries and taking care of yourself, using affirmations, basically all the stuff that I normally talk about. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, those are very useful and proven ways to help you level up. But here's what I'm going to say. To me, I found that confidence is about two things, okay? It's about owning who you are and it's about changing your relationship to the ups and downs of life. There are two very different kinds of confidence that are known as self-esteem and self-efficacy. Most people, when they think of confidence, this is that artificial confidence I was talking about, kind of, okay? Most people want to build their self-esteem, okay? And because that's, again, what people perceive confidence to be, which is what I call artificial confidence. That's a thing that's going to make you feel good about yourself, right? Self-esteem, kind of. The difference between the two, remember, it's about two things. The difference is that self-esteem is confidence in your own self-worth, you know, like what you think you're worthy of, okay? So, like, you know you're enough, you know you're great, you know you're amazing, you know you deserve things, you know, like love and whatever, money, (laughs) like confidence in your self-worth. That's what self-esteem is. And then self-efficacy is confidence in your 
abilities. So, you could think of self-esteem almost as self-respect or self-worth. And this is where the boundary setting and the affirmations and all those kind of things that make you feel more whole, that's where those come into play. But remember that building durable confidence is about making you feel and act whole and undivided, which is otherwise known as being integral. But it's also about being authentic, which is about knowing yourself and acting in that way without apology. It's being your highest self. So with that recipe in mind, to simplify it a little bit, confidence, durable confidence, equals integrity plus authenticity. And you can see how both self-esteem and self-efficacy are important factors within this equation. So I'm sorry if this seems a bit complicated, but let me try to simplify it down for you a little bit. Self-esteem is roughly translated to self-respect, right? We just kind of talked about that. And self-respect is having a high self-worth. So when you're talking about self-esteem, you could almost interchange it with the words self-respect and self-worth. And this relates directly to the integrity piece of the equation. When you're whole, you respect yourself. And when you're undivided, you respect your boundaries. Okay, remember, integrity is being whole and undivided. When you're whole, you respect yourself. That's what self-respect. When you're undivided, you respect your boundaries. And that's, you know, um, having a good self-worth. So both of these together, they equal integrity. And remember that, um, like I said, the definition of integrity is whole and undivided. So with that in mind, in order to build your integrity, you must build your self-esteem, which in turn is building your self-respect and your self-worth. That's the first piece of the equation. The second piece involves that authenticity we spoke about earlier. Remember, confidence equals integrity plus authenticity. So in order to build durable confidence, you need to be integral and authentic. I know I keep saying it over and over, but it's easier when you see it like on a piece of paper written out, but I'm just speaking it to you guys. So I'm trying to like repeat it so it sticks. Okay. We just talked about building our integrity by building our self-esteem. And this is also known as our self-respect or our self-worth. That all goes in with self-esteem, which is how you build your integrity in a way. So to build your authenticity, we need to be true to who we really are. And we need to have self-efficacy. And remember, I said self-efficacy is confidence in your own abilities. And this is the piece that so many people miss out on. They think that confidence is just about having integrity, which is being whole and undivided. So like having self-respect and self-worth. Confidence is also about self-efficacy, which is having confidence in your own abilities. So if integrity is the feeling and acting of being whole and undivided, then authenticity would be the feeling and or acting of being unapologetic for our dreams, our passions, our personality, our feelings, and honestly, just about being unapologetic about, you know, who we really are. And that's what authenticity is. So in order to build durable confidence, we have to build our integrity and our authenticity, which requires us to build up our self-worth and our ability to own who we really are. In order to own who we really are, we have to own our past, present, and future. It also involves owning our dreams 
and our flaws and our talents and our weaknesses and our strengths and, you know, coffee obsessions and fetishes and whatever. It's owning every aspect of who we are and acting unapologetic. Confidence isn't just about confidence, as you can see. So that's why it's so hard for people to be truly confident in themselves. If, for example, my two main traumas, I know it sounds weird to word it that way, but the two main things that I think really shaped me thus far in my life um, are definitely you know, my confidence issues in high school with accepting my body and then, um, you know, getting over my people-pleasing tendencies when I went off to college. I had to make that really hard decision to come back home and find myself again. Those are the two very, like, prominent moments in my life where they really shaped me, right? So both of these stem from me having low confidence. You see, when I, when I finally accepted my body and my appearance and my appearances back in, like, ninth grade to 12th grade it was like that growth period remember I said I don't want to neglect that back in that period I took the first step towards building up my integrity my self-worth my self-respect and then when I chose college my senior year for my family and my school my teachers my community and everyone except for myself I was failing to be authentic I was missing that essential piece of the equation that so many people including myself we neglect that piece. So therefore, because I didn't understand what durable confidence was, I genuinely thought that I could confidently say that I was a self-assured person. You know, my senior year, I thought I was very self-assured. But I wasn't, clearly, and I lost $3,000 in tuition just to prove it, right? Because, again, I was not, you know, authentic. I was not taking actions that were authentic to who I really was. And the second piece of this equation like I said, is a piece that people mull over. They work on building up their self-worth and their self-respect, and then they can't understand why, you know, how even after they start accepting themselves, they still let people walk all over them. You know, this was my experience where I'm like, I'm such a confident person. Why do I, why do I care so much what people think? I, I'm so self-assured. No, I'm not. I, I've built that integrity, but I don't have that authenticity built up yet at least in my experience, and that's what I've found, a lot of people go through that. Like I said, they work on building up their self-worth, but they can't understand why people still are able to walk all over them, and that's because they don't have that authenticity. See, the thing that's really kind of crazy to think about is that insecurities aren't only about what we think is wrong with us, you guys. That's not the only insecurities that we have to face. You can be the most self-assured person ever, you know, like me, when I was, I completely accepted my body. I worked on myself from ninth to 12th grade. I really, I was so self-assured in that, in that way. But if you have even a tiny piece of you that feels like what you're doing is wrong, or you feel like you feel lost or confused or dumb, or you just feel like you're not doing something right. If you don't have faith in your abilities, that's an insecurity too. Remember earlier when I quoted Ashley Gordon and I said something like, um, if you don't believe in you, no one is going to. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. That's authenticity, right? Like that's, you have to build that up. It's not something that's easy to do, especially after you've been conditioned to, you know, try to do everything for everyone else. That's the type of world we live in nowadays. That's what we're taught. But if you don't have faith in your abilities, that's an insecurity. And it's something you can work on. But I definitely want to point it out that that 
is another way that you can have confidence issues. I didn't have faith in my dreams, so I settled for college. I got depressed. I moved back home, and I had to find myself again, you know, and I thought that my my confidence was pretty dang durable since I overcame my body dysmorphia and bulimic thoughts and all that kind of stuff, and I learned to love myself, but it wasn't enough. So when I originally wrote the script, and by script I mean really outline, that's kind of how I do this, but when I originally wrote the outline for this episode, I have like a couple more pages where I was going to tell you guys actually how you can start building this, you know, durable confidence, but since this episode is already like an hour long, I don't want to just rush through that last little bit. First of all, that would make this episode way too long. Second of all, I really want to be able to take my time explaining how you can, you know, build this durable confidence because just like in life, building durable confidence takes time. So I feel like explaining it, I want to do a good job doing that. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, (laughs) kind of going on, what I'm trying to say is that, um, this is going to be the end of this episode, but make sure and tune in and subscribe if you're not already subscribed or, you know, follow the podcast. Come back next Monday for episode three, and I'm going to talk about how to actually build this durable confidence. So this episode, I'm going to title The Confidence Equation, and next week, next week's episode, I'm going to title How to Build Durable Confidence. And in next week's episode, I'm going to leave you with some of my best tips and tricks and advice on how you can build this durable confidence. Um, Because I don't want it to be um, glossed over advice. I want it to come straight from the heart and I don't want to rush through it. So I'm going to make it its own separate episode. Make sure and look out for that, especially if you are someone who struggles with confidence. And I'm willing to bet that most of you probably are. I know that um, I used to think that I wasn't, but I was. So um, definitely give it a listen, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure, like I've talked about a couple times in today's podcast, make sure to hop over onto Instagram, go to at BeHerPodcast, and join the community. DM me. Let me know what you guys thought of this episode. Um, tell me anything that really stuck out to you guys. It's really awesome when you guys can do that, like point out specific things that you really enjoyed um, so that I can share that with future audience members. And it's really good feedback for me as well. So anyway, make sure to reach out, DM me, um, follow the community, follow me on my main account as well if you want to. I post pretty much daily um, at Rachel Alora content if you guys are interested. And again, all of this will be linked down in the show notes as well. So that's the end of today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to look out for next week's episode. Hop over to the podcast community on Instagram, reach out. And yeah, with all that said, I will just talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye guys.